Hello everyone, I am Mariah Parsons, I'm your host. If you are new to Learn to Listen, welcome, and if you are a regular listener, thank you. Learn to Listen is a mental health and wellness podcast designed to encourage vulnerability in storytelling and to empower through empathy. If you like the show, please, please, please go subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I also have built out our social media. Um, So we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, the whole, you know, every channel, omni-channel experience, wherever you like to find your content best, it's there for you. This is my first podcast too. Oh, it is? Yeah, oh, that's fun. So I, I, I feel honored. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, hopefully, I know sometimes like I even when I've been on other podcasts to like be invited, I'm like, oh God, then I get anxious. So I hope like usually it takes like a minute or two and then you're in you it and comfortable. you're good. Yeah. Well, I did a lot of stuff at, in college. I was a Butler student ambassador, so I mm-hmm. give a lot of tours. Uh, it was on like a lot of student panels. Yeah. And I was RA. So I mean, I'm used to like talking in front of people. It's just like, I've had dreams about being on podcasts and I've never been able to be on one yet. So uh, that's why I was like, yes, thanks That's Mariah. so fun. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. that's fun. That's a cute little intro. So yeah, I'm glad yeah. we got that recorded. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we can go ahead and get it started. Yeah. Um, learn to listen. Today we are joined by Colton. Super excited to have you here. Um, you are a former OR fellow. So we mm-hmm. met through the OR fellowship program. Mm-hmm. Um, learn to listen audience. You know that um, we've had or fellows, current and alumni on the podcast before. So excited to join you um, in that club. But you also um, have a couple of your own endeavors, um, side hustles, side gigs that we're going to get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd love for you just to kick us off, introduce yourself, um, kind of give a little bit of your background story. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, Colton Heyman. I think Mariah gave, Mariah gave a pretty good professional backstory. Um, but to go a bit more personal, grew up in Chicago area. Uh, parents were split, so I moved around a lot growing up. Um, went to high school my junior and senior year, downtown Chicago. One of my college advisors um, had a good friend um, in the admissions office at Butler University. Okay. Told me to go visit. Right. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> sure why not no right i um i i visited butler and i like, fell in love with the campus right away mm-hmm. um at butler I studied international business and marketing and i i, I chose that major because my mom was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. she started her own business um smart moves pediatrics she's an occupational therapist awesome. um dad was a federal agent he was a marine wow. parole officer yeah. So I kind of got both ends of the spectrum growing up. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and kind of, I guess, I guess I take a step back too. Like when I was growing up, I, I always felt like I struggled to fit in a lot growing up. Because mm. I was like always like, uh, um, like an outsider in some degree. Whether it was, so when I was growing up, I either was in the smart classes and I was like the only one that looked like me, mm-hmm. or I, I talk different than everybody else I play sports with. And so I kind of just felt kind of ostracized growing up. So when I came to Butler, it was my first time being able to make a name a name for myself, mm-hmm. like for me. Oh. Yeah, I, I guess growing up, I moved around so much. I was a new kid all the time. 
Mm, and that yeah. label, like you know, what I'm trying to say, facts. Yeah, so yeah. I, I never had like my friend group I could like stick with. Mm-hmm. I got to Butler, came to Indy, and that's really when I got to get my groove actually. Mm. So Butler was fun. I did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I got into the fellowship just because I knew I knew a lot of people inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I landed at Lev in the Salesforce ecosystem on the solution architect, and then COVID hit, and me and my older sister um started Cormone, which is a personal care products business um super excited about that uh we can get to that later like you mentioned mm-hmm. and then got my first property um during that, around that same period too right so lots to dive into that was a lot yeah, yeah no that's good it's good I'm we'll sorry. break it down yeah, no, yeah, no 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 yeah, that's perfect yeah. okay so quick questions yeah. what about butler really intrigued you because i had a similar feeling with notre dame like once i was on campus i was like oh this really fits and then i just had to go home digest it for a bit and like talk to my people and then they're like it matches for you right so what about like the campus because like i always try and explain like for me it was like a feeling like the people i met and just like i was like you know i can see myself walking around on campus and like being on um the rowing team there so i was like kind of a similar vibe for you yeah i would say so, so I, I'm a Christian, right? So, like, uh, I'm I'm pretty spiritual in how I like how I feel things. Mm-hmm. So, when I was walking around on campus, it was a one-on-one tour with a black woman, mm-hmm. and she was the only only tour guide of color. And it just so happened she didn't have anybody else to tour. So, wow. me and my mom wanted to go tour with her. So, we got like an exclusive, like intimate tour of the whole campus. That's awesome. Got to ask all my questions. Um, and I think because I got to ask all my questions and I was walking around, it was more so like a spiritual feeling for me. Like, this is where you'll be successful. Mm. And and I'm a I'm pretty heavy in my conscience. So like when I went once I had my mind my mind made up, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, right. Does, that, really does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. That's really cool that you got to have um the only black female tour guide at butler at the time literally um and you said you also gave tours yeah i did was yeah. that like part of the reason that 100%. You, yeah 100 okay that's funny that's yeah really that's cool. exactly why yeah <laughs> yeah that's why i love podcasts yeah because i can just make connections yeah. and functions right. yeah and see what they're right okay so then um you said also that your mother is an entrepreneur so what did she found uh, she founded uh, Smart Moves Pediatrics, so a uh, pediatric clinic in uh, Chicago area. Okay. Okay, cool. So, like, speech therapy, um, physical awesome. therapy, occupational therapy. She has, like, uh, therapists that work under her, mm-hmm. and they do outpatient and inpatient. So, they come to the clinic, and then they go to the homes as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. I was looking into OT for a little bit. Yeah, so I, I remember curious. you saying that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was curious what she, um, yeah. what she like how her entrepreneurial spirit fed into that mm-hmm. um that field okay so now i'm glad that you said and you kind of took it back to like personal life and like growing up having moved around a lot because i was opposite so grew up in a very small town and never moved like the really? same house yeah. the only time i didn't live in our um house was when we were getting it renovated and that <laughs> took like a year and we literally were renting out a house down the street like i walked my closet like my room over so it was very close um, so I'm always kind of intrigued by people who move around a lot or like are known as the new kid because it's just something like a different experience yeah. than I had. Yeah. So what 
do you think like how do you think that experience as a kid has kind of like manifested itself in your adult life because I'm a big believer in like how you grew up shows like nature versus nurture I know like you you're you're nodding your head like I know you agree with me and that's yeah. why we're going down this road yeah, yeah. um because like for me my assumption or my guess would be that you're very comfortable in like new environments because and I didn't know this about you before this chat but I've just seen it from the past two years or the past year and or fellowship like you go into a room and you're just like comfortable meeting new people. So mm -hmm. do you think that's because you were, you had to do that as a kid? Absolutely. Okay. And I think what it was is it, it fast tracked my development to me being comfortable in my own skin. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause at first I would try to fit in Yeah. growing up. Doesn't, yeah. Every kid I feel like yeah. it's like, yeah. that's like the strife, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just, it was a lot of pressure because I didn't fit in anywhere anyway. Mm -hmm. and i was new yeah so it was like a double a double it was a double punch to the stomach yeah. so now i've become comfortable being different um but also different when i don't know anybody mm -hmm. so there's like different in a group that you of group of people you know then there's different and you don't even know them yet mm. it's like a different level of, of like discomfort right so I'm, i guess i'm i'm comfortable in both so it's a lot easier for me to connect with people, actually. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I, I, it's less about being comfortable in those positions. It's more so I can quickly identify who my people are. Yeah. Right. Is that like you identifying your people? Is that like a gut feeling or is it just like how well you vibe together? Or like things you learn about them? What if you do you think you could like pinpoint? Because for me, I feel like it's like an interaction is what. I can guesstimate that it's like maybe I'll get along with someone or like I vibe with them because of this. Mm. It's okay if you don't know too. No, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Mm. Um, I think it's a little bit of everything you said mm -hmm. because I've made mistakes of judging people too quickly mm. and, and assuming because of what I've been through and that person matches what I've been through or who I've met like them, they're like mm. that person. Yeah, yeah, and so I like judge them too quickly, mm. and then I later, but okay, they were actually pretty cool. They might have um, had a bad day. Well, I might have read that wrong. So it's not necessarily a particular moment, but if I'm able to be exposed to that person for a while, I just read them and pay attention. Mm. Certain people, it is like an instant click. Like, oh, this is good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then some people, I'm like, mm, I got, I got, I got, I got. Feel us out a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Suss them out. Yeah. Like, see? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, too, like, I feel like most, and this is my fascination of psychology, like, yeah. coming to the surface, but sure. I feel like most kids, there's some identifier or some reason that they found when they were younger that they they had or they, they felt that they were not able to relate to someone mm -hmm. because of some reason or another mm. and so i feel like for me it was just this worry that like oh because i was like not um able to like stand out in a crowd that's what i was more nervous about really yeah because i feel like i had all these friends that definitely were able to like one friend had like soccer and that was her thing. The other had basketball and that was her thing. And then the other two had like dance. And so 
for me, I was like, oh, like, what is my thing? Like, I didn't have Mm -hmm. like that identifier that I was searching for. And I found it like later with rowing. And so I like definitely thought that because I was like, oh, like, I feel like I was insecure about funding in too much Mm -hmm. and like being too plain. And that's why I was like, oh, like I, that was like my, I remember growing up, like my, not like claim to fame, but that, like, that was my struggle. It's like, oh, I blend in with the wall too much. Yeah. And so then it, it definitely manifested because I, was like okay if i can't stand out for like something i'm doing then i'm going to be super like kind and likable to people and so that's why like i feel like my personality has definitely manifested itself in that way and then it's like oh i know i can like get along with anyone that i like put the effort into Mm -hmm. but it's interesting to hear you kind of talk about how you feel like you were an outsider because you like weren't on the in group for various reasons which i want to get into but that kind of maybe that like manifested itself in a way that you're quick to assume things because you can like recognize those patterns. Right. Right. That's, that, that was, that was, that was, that was good. That's interesting. <laughs> no, for sure. You want to stay with that for a second? Yeah. <laughs> what would you say that thing is that makes you unique then? Cause, mm-hmm. cause hearing you say that you stand out to me. Mm, thanks. Colin. So, <laughs> no, I mean that. So 12 year old Mariah, like, Oh my God. like i never like it's it's i love having talks like these Mm -hmm. i know you i knew you would no i love these conversations because to me you definitely stood out so it's also "Hmm, why do you think you stood out like why do you think you stand out sorry Mm, okay like now yeah today i like when i'm in my best most secure confident moments i would say that i feel like i can stand out because i make other people feel comfortable in a room Mm. because i have felt like I've been the one that's been uncomfortable in a room. And if there was ever someone who made me feel comfortable, I was super grateful to them. But I was also in situations where, you know, didn't have that person. And so now that's what I feel like is my superpower or my like claim to fame, because I'm able to say and like scan a room and I can look out and be like, okay, this person, like if they're a friend of a friend or they're, you know, new to this group or anything like that, I feel like I can have a superpower and like look at people, read them and assume for better or for worse sometimes like, oh, they might be a little less comfortable. So I'm going to try my best to make them comfortable. Mm. I feel like that's what I would have to say that I stand out. And and I think that manifests itself in like, a like hopefully bringing like light into a room if I had to pinpoint it, Mm -hmm. but it's a good question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you say yours would be now? You Before I answer that, Mm -hmm. you definitely do bring light into a room. (laughs) Thank you. Um, (laughs) It's not paid. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely true. I really, I had to say that. Uh, I don't know exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I read people pretty well. Mm. Yeah. And I'm able to, I think my emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. I think, makes me unique, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, emotional intelligence sets people so far apart from others of like, oh, like that self-awareness, that ability to read a room, to read yourself, like know what you need to succeed and know the ha- the people around you, what they also need that, to yeah, succeed. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm speaking to. Yeah um 
I mean, I, I will give you that confidence and say, I see that in you as well. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I, it's like people can remember directions and like remember like numbers well. Like I remember what people do and say and act and how mm -hmm. they feel well. Yeah. Like I'd be like, okay, like that was weird for her. Mm -hmm. Like last time someone said something similar, she didn't react like that. Mm, like, I see. And it, it would be locked in my brain subconsciously. Yeah. And then when it happens again, I'm like, no, that was weird. Like that's new. Yeah, yeah. My brain would tell me that's new. Mm -hmm. And so like other people don't pay attention to stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so she just fidgeted a little bit different that time. Mm -hmm. Like her legs were like her legs are, are crossed before now. Last time they were open, like those are kind of things that stay in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So like kind of like, would you say seeking out patterns or like higher level yes. stuff? Right. But like socially. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when it comes to people. Not a puzzle. No. Like, no, I'm terrible at puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking out a crossword right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. That's really interesting to think about. I feel like I'm also on that same track. Like I cannot for mm -hmm. the life of me, like remember certain details or like I'll read a book and then like two weeks later, I'm like, what was that author? What was the title? Like the small finite pieces of information, they do not stick. But like you tell me a story or like you like tell concepts. me something that's important yeah. to you. Yeah. Or like body language, like picking up on people definitely is where I excel in more and like building those relationships mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. something that's more important to me. So I think it, it worked like your mind and your brain knows it's like, Oh, like I enjoy getting to know people. So like that kind of knowledge, that kind of memory is what sticks out mm -hmm. to me. And I remember better because I know I enjoy it. Yeah. So it's super interesting to kind of like walk down that road. Yeah. Um. Okay. Another question for you. Yeah. So we've been talking about like fitting in and fitting out for various reasons um, or standing out, I guess it would be. What do you think, like, what were the reasons growing up other than like moving around that you felt like you stood out in? Can you give us like more into your background there? Uh, So I grew up in the suburbs mostly mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of black kids out there. Mm -hmm. And I was always pretty smart. Yeah. I, I put smart in quotes because I think it just depends on how you evaluate someone's smartness mm -hmm. uh, or intelligence. But I was in a lot of honors AP classes. Mm -hmm. And so most of those classes, people didn't look like me. Mm. Right. But then I go to play sports and my travel, like basketball team or football team. And I didn't talk like or sound like the other kids I was playing with that did look like me. Mm, gotcha. Um, and I've always been that annoying kid to ask a ton of questions <laughs> like i asked a ton of questions and i've never been a quiet right like i've never been a quiet kid i've always been like mm, that doesn't make sense i've never been like a bystander mm, yeah and as a result i just didn't really fit in and i was always like yearning to mm. so but just how i made up i, I never I, I wasn't like created to fit in Mm -hmm. but growing up it was hard to like grasp that concept as a positive because it was it was like a big negative at the time like yeah. middle school high school it was not it was not hidden it was not solid yeah <laughs> i mean it's all you want as a kid you know right I mean? like it's so weird there's i it's a weird switch where it's like oh you want all you want is to fit in and you feel like you stand out so much and then like a switch in adulthood happens where it's like oh it's cool to stand out like have your exactly. own thing exactly. and it's like a bad thing to fit in and conform so it's it's so weird how like all that happens and it's it's weird when you can relate to a bunch of people because you're not in one particular group mm -hmm. like you're on like the outskirts of all of them right so you have a yeah. lot of acquaintances mm -hmm. but not many like 
people that's your group of people mm, and so I that's see. what i dealt with a lot yeah because i can relate to a ton of people even today mm-hmm. um but to get really close-knit requires me to understand my own narrative mm-hmm. and understand like why i'm different what i've been through and be able to tell my story back then i couldn't do that mm-hmm. so yeah. i was always Flowing with the water of who like I was with, switching. exactly, yeah. like like aggressively, mm-hmm. to a point where I'm like, who like who was Colton? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you like when? Do you think you're aware of when you started to figure out who Colton was? I got to Butler. Yeah, yeah. college. Yeah. Okay. I would say a similar thing for myself 100%. as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it like the people there that? Because for me, it was like I had really solid friendships growing up like core four best friends yeah that's cool. but it wasn't until i got to college that i really got confident in myself mm. and that was from directly from one friend really yes like i can pinpoint it yeah just, i want to hear about that <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> it was it was mostly i i can't to for the life of me still place why but i think she was such a great she was a teammate and um, a best friend she was such a great enabler in all the best ways possible mm. so like she was so carefree in a way that balanced my obsession or my um anxiety around like what people thought of me and so because of her friendship of our friendship and being like attached to the hip she kind of brought me out of my shell and made me more confident and that was in like every sector of my life whether it was like with friends, with rowing, with academics, with my personality, with guys, like going out, like everything, because we were so great together. That's awesome. It just like brought out the most, the the most confident version of myself. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was like, and I I know exactly it was like, and I could feel it in the moment. I was like, oh my god, like I'm becoming such a better person of my like a version of myself, and I tell her like that i'm like i'm so thankful to you for that reason and sure there was a bunch of other friends who were also like really really aiding that process but it wasn't i don't think it would have been as much of a churn if it hadn't been for that friendship yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think some people really are meant to shake your life up a little mm-hmm. bit yeah i, I do agree. believe that mm. Who were those shakers for you, would you say? I had a lot. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot. That's a good so, problem. Yeah, that. I, that, I had a lot of people who impacted me. I mean, I appreciate people. Mm-hmm. So I see, for instance, you spoke about how you appreciate when people, like you like to make other people feel comfortable mm-hmm. because you know what it's like to be in a space and not be. I very much I felt that because mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be and to not know anybody yeah. and, and be that kid kind of sitting all by himself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I know that feeling. So I really felt that. And I, I, I because of that, I appreciate when people go out of their way for me. Mm-hmm. So I remember those people. So, so many names came into my head when you asked that. Yeah. Um, um, I, I can name one or I, I can name a few. Murdoch, he mm-hmm. uh, came and spoke to the Or Fellowship. He was one yeah. of them um brian parks he was a or alumni hmm. uh um one of my best friends passed away when i was in my freshman year of college from back home his wow. name is richard 
He uh definitely one of them. Um my friend Tim, uh my longest lasting friend since seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. So we so this is my first time at a new school to Naperville, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um and I walk into the lunchroom. It was terrifying. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. It was it was packed, like no room. I'm like, wow. dang, like what? Um, so I'm, I'm, I got my food. I'm like standing in the middle. It's like out of like a, out of like a NES declassified school survival oh, guide type God. of scene. It yeah. was like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing there like, uh, like, and, <laughs> and then like Tim did not notice dude at all. He was like, Hey, like come sit over here. Oh God. God bless people like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he had his friend move over oh. and he said, I sat next to him mm-hmm. and then like, he, and his, we were friends ever since. Yeah. I was like, oh my god! I haven't had that memory. I'm like starting to get like all worked up because I haven't thought about it in a long time. Uh-huh. But yeah, like that's that's the kind of stuff. I'm just like, yeah, that's my. It means the world to you. Like right? what? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, for sure. He's one of those guys for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people don't really know that side of me either, because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, like I guess on the outside they think, oh, like he feels comfortable. Mm. Well, it's like I had to fight. I had to go through a lot. Yeah. Like I will be okay sitting by myself in the lunchroom mm-hmm. today. Now, yeah, yeah. But I, because I've done it mm-hmm. so many times, I don't care anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot of power in that of, like, you now having your past and being, like, I know the struggle that it was, you know, in seventh grade or whenever to, like, look at a giant room of people and be, like, okay, where do I fit in? Where's my spot? Like, something as little as the lunchroom, like – it starts to become not as little when you think about that, right? Because it's like the whole school, like all the um, worries that can go into like one little decision and mm-hmm. one friend, just right. like, and then you found like your people at Butler as well. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, I, I've been, I've been blessed. I just did this think about it. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's wonderful. So, so Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. She, um, she ended up our sophomore year transferring which was a lot what? yeah mm-hmm. plot twist yeah i know i know colin it was a plot twist at the time How as was well that, was that, was that type of adjustment oh it was That'd probably one of the roughest no effects yeah, yeah. 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 yeah i bet <laughs> yeah it was um it was like our fall of sophomore year yeah and i had broken my rib about three weeks after she like no. told me she was leaving the team which already i was like oh my god my I was like, how am I going to get through, right? Like, I'm telling, I'm playing the victim and, like, being like, oh, my God, like, this is going to change my whole life. And then it was a couple months after that then um, that she was like, I'm leaving the school for her own reasons. And so it was definitely, I mean, it shook my whole world. For sure. Not to be dramatic. but no, for sure. Um, I was, I, did. I mean, for two years, even just, like, for a year and a half, it was, like, best friends and so everything that we did it was, it was side by no side facts. that's like a, that's like a breakup almost mm, yeah so so did you did you were you able to value the relationship while you were in it oh yeah or was it after after it was like after she left i mean it was like every day i was aware i was like oh my god this like we just it. have so much fun yeah like yeah, yeah. no quarrels like it really um quarrels, good word yeah right yeah, i know that's, that's, good nice. that's good um yeah it really even like the day-to-day like we just would have so much fun with each other mm-hmm. that it wasn't ever like a question and i was super grateful during my time at notre dame like even with it sometimes being tougher and like 
crying after exams or like crying after practice or whatever, Mm -hmm. I still had that gratitude where I was like, even if I'm upset or like sad right now or mad or whatever the emotion I was feeling is like, I know that these days, like every day that passes is one less that I get here. Mm. So I still had a lot of, um, yeah, yeah. I still was very aware of like, these are the good times. And I think that is why it hit so hard when my scale, it went from having like four years of that great friendship to now it was a year and a half. Mm. And so that like, when I think that's why the news hit me so hard is because I realized I was like, damn, the time that I already knew was shrinking just got a lot smaller. Right. So, yeah, but I was, I was definitely aware of it. And I think other people were too. Mm-hmm. I think there was, if I'm being honest, I think there was some like envy of others when they'd see us together because it was like, we were having such a good time that it didn't matter if like other people were like, we were, doing whatever we thought and like welcoming everyone else to join us but it was like damn like you could just see the happiness mm-hmm. yeah that's what's up yeah that's deep. Mm-hmm. yeah and i have like i have i still have you know to this day like some friends that after she had transferred like picked me up and like kept me going and for them i'm so thankful to our friendship because it's it's just as strong but for different reasons mm-hmm. and i think that's what i've come to realize after looking back and being able to recognize like why that hit me so hard along with rowing and injury um is because it was so monumental to like my confidence and my self image that friendship specifically mm-hmm. and then like other friendships did a lot for me in other ways but it was definitely the confidence piece that really hit. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. I love oh, getting I, into it. I though. have to process things. Sorry. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about it. When I'm listening, I'm not, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say. I'm just yeah, listening. Yeah. So I'm like thinking about what you're saying. Are you guys still close? No. I know. Yeah. It's a it's a turn of events. We're not. I think the the friendship after she transferred, I think what our friendship meant and Notre Dame is too close for her. So she had to leave the school for her mental health. Yeah. And I think that it's a weird combination of guilt and association by proximation where she can't. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like untie the, you know, when it got really bad for her, those bad feelings. And I think she knows how terrible that also how 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 much it also affected me in a bad way mm-hmm. and so i think there's there's a lot of emotion that i think and it was never like a bad it was never like hey can't be friends anymore like it was never any of that it was just kind of a falling out like you're in a different spot in no, a different I'm time and you know it's a it takes two to maintain like it does a long especially long distance yeah like a long distance friendship and so after a while i just wasn't really feeling that reciprocation yeah and i i would have to say it's one of the things that is definitely i resent it a bit because i wish we were still as close as we were Um, yeah i know this yeah 
Yeah. And I think like maybe years down the road, or even if I like called her up, like right now and I was like, I need your help. I know I could lean on her, but we don't have that same like connection or that um, we're just not up to date with each other the same way, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've gone through things similar mm -hmm. through transitioning out of schools. Yeah. Because there is something to say about friends that you maintain without proximity. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Like when so it doesn't make sense. Said. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be, like, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Like those friends that you maintain, because I've, yeah. I've moved around and friends fall off like flies. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I expect it. So as a result, I don't really get too invested too quick in people mm -hmm. unless like it's no longer easy interesting okay does that make sense like yes like people in our fellowship they talked to me because we were in the same we had monthly meeting together mm -hmm. we, worked, we worked at the same company yeah but like when i leave the company now what mm, like how right. do you still care or is it just because you were in my face mm -hmm. like but it was convenient to be friends the convenience that's the yeah. perfect word for it mm-hmm that is super interesting and it definitely hits because I can say I've definitely had friends that have like I've lost those friendships but it's been I think it was like when I think about friends who that's been it was like friends who I had when I was younger so like mm -hmm. yeah. seven or ten whatever and they mostly fell off because like I stopped swimming when I was younger. And so like, I was just didn't see each other swimming? practice. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I swam competitively from like five to 13. Mm. So that was a big chunk of my life. And so like, I can think of one friend Tatum who we just like didn't have cell phones because we were seven and like didn't have a way to stay in touch. So now I just don't have those things. So like that, I can probably count on one hand of like the friends that I've actually lost touch with. Um, like who are really, really close friends and like super monumental for my life. And I, it would be probably Tatum, that friend from swimming. Um, Carrie, who was the one who transferred. Um, and truly, I think that would probably be where the list ends. Like I, I struggle with letting friends go, honestly. And I am the opposite of you where I don't expect it. And if it happens, it almost hurts me more because I'm like, why did this friendship fall off? Now, that's mm -hmm. not meaning to say like, I, you know, it's just unrealistic to be able to maintain like daily or weekly conversations with some of your closest people. But I have my people who I am staying in touch with, um, who like, I know I could text and update and be like, oh my God, I miss you. Like, let's plan a trip. And they would be like, I'm absolutely down. Like friendships where I have that reciprocity of them being as invested as I am in them. And so I can, I can relate and see that expecting friends to be there versus not. And like how we both deal with them when they don't show up or when you lose that friendship. Um, I think it's a really fine point. And I know that because I haven't gone through it a lot, it makes it tough for me. And I'm sure like, I'm curious to hear maybe your opinion on that if like it gets easier the more you do it because I know you said you had to say bye to a lot of friends who like moving around now just weren't going to be you know conveniently next to you 
adult life is different. Uh-huh. So you have, you control a lot more. Yeah. Like the first couple years, like the OR fellowship creates a, a community for you. But like once once the OR fellowship is over, you really get to decide who you hang out with and who your people are. So I think it's tough for me to say it gets easier because you get you you get more and more control of your life as you get older. That's a good point. And as but then it makes the investment that you put in heavier. Mm. And and then so when you don't get that investment back, it makes it more hurtful. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're at Notre Dame. I mean, like you're at school. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you're in Indy, the oil fellowship's over, you can go anywhere. Right. You can put you can talk to anybody. Yeah. You can go on any trip you want to. You can you can call anybody. Mm-hmm. So for those folks that you do put time into, you mean it. Mm-hmm. So when you don't get it back, it hurts more. Yeah. You know, rather than you're talking to somebody in the or fellowship. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, like, this is my occupation. So I'm naturally in their in their presence. It's convenient. Yeah. So it's not as much risk. Mm-hmm. The older you get, the more risk is on the table. So mm-hmm. even though I've been through it a lot more, even as I've gotten older, I've had to become more wise in how I set my expectations with people. Mm. Because I could think I'm tough, quote unquote, emotionally and can take it. But I learned that not really, because yeah. as I get older, mm-hmm. I put more into it. That hour when you're in college is a different hour yeah. when you're two years out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, feel, feeling that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm it's a different totally. it's different uh-huh. so like it's, it has more weight mm-hmm. so i i, I it, it depends it, i think what what happens is i think you move on faster mm-hmm. but i think it hurts though mm-hmm. yeah it's a great distinction i haven't thought about it in that light before and i think i'll probably <laughs> carry that way you know what i'm saying yeah I, I, I really, because like you don't like the whole idea, like the weight doesn't get lighter, you get stronger. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, oh my God, so it's so like, timely. yeah, yeah. Like things don't hurt me less. Mm-hmm. I just kind of eat it a lot better. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'm cool now. Yeah. That's actually, um, I say timely because last night we had our monthly meeting. And mm-hmm. so, Crystal, um, she showed a video from, I don't know if it's the head coach or assistant coach, someone at, um, Duke for the women's basketball team. And the whole um, video is about how things don't get easier. You just get better at handling hard. Exactly. And so like exactly what you're saying. And I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was like, can't contend it's that. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes a ton of sense. And I know that. Um, so you were one year ahead of me in the OR fellowship. And so now you've graduated from the program. And that is something that's very top of mind for me because now I'm getting to the point where it's like, oh, people are starting to move around and leave Indianapolis or talk about leaving Indianapolis or um, talk about, you know, maybe leaving the fellowship or switching jobs and all this, you know, all these conversations that weren't as prevalent to me about like a year ago because we were in the fellowship and starting and just graduated college. And so um, it's very timely that you bring that up in that processing how much someone is investing in you versus how much you're investing in them and like how it doesn't get easier you just handle it better 
speaks a lot to me. And I know that personally, um, having to protect my time is something that I have to be super aware of and give my time to people that are also giving me their time. I learned this this year. Um, and my mom helped me out a lot with this concept. Uh, so if you, when you, so I, I use it with my, like, I call them my young bulls, my little homies mm -hmm. that are at like IU and Purdue. Mm -hmm. They're my fraternity. And yeah. so I look after them. We do stuff together. And I used to go to their campus a lot mm -hmm. and do like hot practice, like march practice uh, in our fraternity. That's like how it's like similar to like a, it's called strolling. Okay. Uh, And that's how, like how we show enthusiasm through movement for, mm -hmm. for our fraternity. Um, and there's like certain ways to do it. So I go out, go down there and hang out with them, teach them how to do stuff, talk about life, mm -hmm. uh, eat, whatnot. And a few times they would like come late or not value my time mm -hmm. or like not be not pay attention, have to leave early. Yeah. Um, and I would get very frustrated. And I'm like, I don't want to go down there no more. Like, mm -hmm. like they're not even gonna use what I teach them. In their daily life, I can teach anybody else. It's it's not it's wasting my time, um, and I, I got really I, I started to regret helping them. Mm. And when my mom helped me, God and I later start to apply it to my life is that the the beauty is in the choice of giving. Now, like what fruit comes from that giving mm. is not on you. Yeah. Like the giving in itself is is the motion. Mm. And then what happens after that is like that's not that's not on you anymore. Yeah, that's someone else's choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's it's a balance between being okay with if you're gonna give whatever this is, money, time, are you comfortable with like the various amount of outcomes? Mm. Otherwise it's not good. So if, if you're only giving for a certain result, the place in which you're giving from isn't as genuine as you as and as safe as you may want it because mm -hmm. it leaves you vulnerable to being hurt mm. you know what i'm saying yeah like for instance i don't care where this podcast goes <laughs> yeah like i don't care if anyone sees it it's going nowhere no I, but <laughs> like I, I, I wouldn't mind that <laughs> yeah, yeah you know because I'm, I'm here for our conversation yeah so when it comes to relationships that's kind of how i how i see it so I don't get hurt as much because I gave what I gave because I wanted to, mm -hmm. and I had it to give. But there's a but there's balance to it. So it's like you have to think to yourself, what's the line that you're no longer okay with giving, mm -hmm. and nothing happens. Yeah. Like what is that line for you? Mm. You know. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. And your mother is a smart woman. <laughs> so yeah. You're, yeah. Um, which. I I think that that concept is something that is so overlooked, I feel like, or even just like not talked about of um, like giving to when you give, you have to be okay with all the outcomes. Because mm -hmm. I definitely think of like, I, I can, we can talk about like, oh, you're just like donating $5, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're donating because you want to be on like a message board or whatever, like. And 
say the message board pops up and it's anonymous. It's like, oh, now your act of giving is tainted mm -hmm. because you weren't okay with exactly. that outcome or like exactly. the motivation. And not that either one is right or wrong, but I think it's just the acknowledgement there of like, exactly. that's something that you have to be okay with. Mm -hmm. And I think so talking about relationships and time where it's so valuable and like finite that's where that message I think can hit home for a lot of people because there's always going to be stuff to do. There's always going to be like things that you can invest your time into or like something that you could do for yourself or for other people. And so being proactively intentional about giving and what you're, what you're giving that time to or money to, or whatever, um, like service to and who you're giving it to is super important. So I love that. Right that distinction mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i appreciate that i i definitely acknowledge too it's something that i know i have to get better mm -hmm. at because i am an optimist first and so like trying to always if i give my time and effort or service whatever i want the best outcome yeah. and if i don't get it, i know i get disappointed yeah so in an act of protecting my time and vulnerability and mental space i know that i I definitely need like hearing you talk. I was like, oh, that's an area of improvement that I'm aware of for sure. For sure. And I and I and I battle with being on the pessimist side, mm -hmm. but I guess not. But I've been disappointed a lot growing up, so mm -hmm. I guess I, I I'm at I'm at the the point where I'm like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna hope for the best, pray for the best, but like, be okay for the worst case scenario. Right. Yeah. I don't like being sucker punched <laughs> oh you don't yeah. that's how we end this episode now <laughs> like, i don't like that like not knowing what's coming yeah i'd rather see it mm -hmm. mm, that would suck i'd be okay all right let's do it yeah yeah okay it's great self-awareness that's just how i processed it mm -hmm. and some people will go like well like don't talk about the bad stuff like yeah. just focus on the good mm -hmm. i'm like nah i'd rather know it. i'd rather at least address it that's yeah. just my my cultist. yeah that's how you operate yeah yeah, yeah goes back into that like self-awareness um and so okay so as we're talking about like time management and where you give your time mm -hmm. i know um that obviously one of the ventures that you have explored or that you're currently exploring and succeeding at has been both your um company your brand colmonet and real estate so how would you say like what we've been talking about about like time management and where you're giving your time like how have you felt handling both of those or balancing both of those alongside your traditional nine to five and like relationships or personal life yeah the past few months Komone has taken a back seat mm -hmm. so it's been on pause for a while um and it's funny because lauren uh the co-founder uh big sis is actually on her way up to indianapolis today oh no way and we're going to get back in the lab and get back going. Oh, so that's it's, it's, it's funny how God works. So that's happening today. Okay. Um, it's been on pause for a while. So it's been really focusing on this real estate. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a manager now. So being a solution architect and really working with the C-suite at my company and really driving this startup and the Salesforce ecosystem has been a lot of my, has been a lot of my time and networking intentionally. Yeah. yeah. That that's taking up a lot of my time. So real the real estate stuff, if I put it in order, I would say my range range twenty one job, my the networking that I do, and then the real estate stuff. Mm. 
Okay. And that's a lot right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes yeah. a lot. And then it's, yeah. And then life's, mm-hmm. yeah. On top of that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, per- like personal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Networking, do you mean like through like events and stuff? Events, coffees. Yeah. I have like three or four coffee chats a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then lunches. So similar kind of like to the obligations that of or of like. Always. Oh, it's like that except more intense though. Yeah. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. thing is, because I know my own narrative, I'm able to connect so much better. Like I wouldn't be able to have this level of conversation. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the year. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay. No. Because there's this quote. It's like, you only meet someone as deep as you met yourself. Ooh, I like that. Um. And because I've been looking at myself in the mirror a lot, mm-hmm. I'm able to see other people better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And connect with other people better. Yeah. Because I can let more of them in without yeah. me changing. Yeah. Because oh, I'm more comfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah, like give me all what you got because I can stand in this mm-hmm. and still be me mm. and give and give back and connect yeah, and yeah. listen. I'm comfortable with silence, mm-hmm. like stuff, like stuff that it takes, it takes some wisdom to get to, and like working that muscle of having those deeper conversations, and I've been doing that. Mm. That work, or like that looking in the mirror, what does that look like for you? Is it like meditation? Is it just like sitting in silence for a bit? Or is it like reading, listening to podcasts? What you- uh, I listen to a lot of sermons mm-hmm. and podcasts. Uh, T.D. Jakes is a big fan of mine. He's a a pastor on YouTube and whatnot. Brian, actually. Brian Parks actually introduced me to him. Mm, Um, And my brain's always going, too. Yeah. So I think when I work out, when I shower, um, just throughout the day, if I'm by myself, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Especially if something just happened, I'm very self-reflective. And it doesn't take me that long to learn where I messed up. Mm. Like I can do it, and then walk away. I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like I know what I said. That you know, I right? No, no, exactly. <laughs> like, like when we leave, I'll probably be like, man, I should have said this, this, and this. I probably oh, should have yeah. asked this. You like, can send me voice recordings. Oh my gosh, them right? that's what's so fun about this. Okay. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you do you? So I'm, you you mentioned that you were pretty self reflective as well. Mm-hmm. What do you do to kind of get into that mode? Yeah, I feel like. Honestly, through my podcast, like the, these types, I can of tell this is your thing. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm liking this. I, I, I like it. seeing you like in this mode. Isn't yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. yeah. I like seeing you in this mode too. Yeah. Um, so I feel like my podcast, and that's part of the reason I started it, was like mm. because I wanted something to continually motivate me oh, to good. like dive deep. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. So that's why I started it. Um. And it's definitely because I struggled with opening up and being vulnerable. So that was like the motivation was kind of two pillars. And that's why, like, I always say, learn to listen. Like the little tagline is um, it's like to um, encourage empathy and empower through or encourage vulnerability and empower through empathy. Yeah. Because like that's what I'm trying to do. That's good. And and I think that's honestly when I speak to emotional intelligence, I think my skill is listening. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because not many people know how to do it well mm-hmm. and then the next step in listening is comprehending yeah. and then the next step is like what action do you take after that so yeah. now that, so that now you can listen it's like what did that mean yeah what didn't they say mm-hmm. 
Exactly. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot in listening. Yeah. And I think too, like I'll really try to, um, push myself to like, after I listen to someone or like I hear a perspective, whether or not it's similar to mine, I'll mm-hmm. try and interpret like their perspective or their opinion and how it relates to me. Mm-hmm. So like, if I'm listening to a podcast, say like, it's one of my favorite is armchair expert um it's great it's with Dak Shepard and Monica Padman but they have a lot of like celebrities experts conspiracy artists like basically like they have a bunch of different arms that they kind of touch and so like I'll listen to those and even if it's like humor based or like psychology based I'll kind of take what they're saying and try and apply it to myself and I feel like that's where I do a lot of that work and like reflection um I also just naturally like through um, this nonprofit that I work with, Athletes for Hope, they're all about um, using your platform and your story to create a community. And so through my work with them, it also lends very well to like reflection. Um, But I definitely think through like podcasting and a little bit of like journaling is how I find Mm. those moments of reflection. Cause I feel like I am like, go, 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 go. And so kind of relate to where it's like I'm alone and I'm just like trying to decompress or relax after the day it's like oh like that really stuck out to me or like this is what I learned or this perspective was like an interesting one to hear you know that's good Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's I I also want to say I really respect you um being own it honest and open and honest about Colmone kind of taking a backseat and I relate to it because I know we were talking about um, just me starting the podcast and how long I've been doing it. And I told you like, oh, it, it, the podcast had to take like a backseat for a year so, just because like, you know, other things pop up. Um, so what are you most excited for, for like Colmone to kind of, um, like kickstart this new round, your sister's coming into town. Um, you could give like a background too, of just like high level, um, where you started it. Cause I realized we started talking. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even explain yeah. what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, so Como Nate actually started as more than beauty. Mm, really? Um, and Lauren started that by herself mm-hmm. and she started as like a namesake and like a letter to herself, mm. um, to to love herself mm. because she founded it founded more than beauty um which is a personal care products business to remind herself uh to love herself through like all the different aspects of life yeah. like in day to day um once covid hit uh i was a senior in college and i was pretty idle she was working on the the labeling for the mm-hmm. moisturizer yeah and she said, hey, Colton, do you want to help with these labels? I'm like, sure. I, I started helping with the label designs. She was working with a, another friend of hers. And it kind of just fell into place perfectly. Mm. And for more than beauty, we went to go file for the LLC and the name was taken. Uh, and we were like, hmm. <laughs> have to pivot. <laughs> right? So we went back to the drawing board. And... Como Monet was created, and that name is a mixture of my name, Colton, and her middle name, Monet. Mm. So Como Monet is a mixture of our two names. And 
we chose that because of how genuine our relationship is. Mm-hmm. She's like my best friend for real. And so we want to make sure like the products that we have is really based in love and that we do business the right way. Mm. And we lead, we, we lead with empathy yeah. and we put out quality products that can remind people to love on themselves. Um, every day is a new day and you don't have to be perfect. So like a lot of the things that the hustlers and the grinders like really need, I want Como to be like one of the first personal care products businesses that can bring loving themselves from the inside out to personal mm-hmm. care products because yeah. like today it's all about how you look mm-hmm. right yeah but i want like com- like como products to make you look and feel excellent mm-hmm. like yeah. through the different partnerships that we have through the quality of our products and through like the different um messaging that we have mm-hmm. so for instance our body wash that we're going to come out with um that's been sitting dormant, dormant for a while. Super excited to get that out. Mm-hmm. So something to be excited about is this body wash. Um, it's going to be titled like I Am. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have like a blank space. That's cool. And we're going to send out like Sharpies with it. So you're going to be able to write in your affirmation on your body wash. Yeah. And so when you get in the that's shower, sick. which is a very reflective time for people, mm-hmm. especially the hustlers who don't sit down, when they shower, you kind of have to sit still. Mm-hmm. And so when they reach for this nice smelling like very smooth body wash you can read it and get that affirmation mm-hmm. so you can think about that when you're in the shower yeah. as you're like loving on yourself because when you put moisturizer on when you when you're washing yourself it's a loving action yeah but people don't see it that way mm-hmm. so we're reframing how people see that those few seconds of the day yeah. like you love you right now like you're doing something this is for you. for you yeah and the people who don't do that need that in their mm-hmm. schedule because i know i do yeah you know mm-hmm um and, and and i think that's come on in a nutshell yeah and what, what i'm excited for that's really i love like i can tell your backgrounds in marketing like <laughs> <laughs> and you're good at sales too um like i can tell the intentionality behind the brand and i wanted you to kind of speak to that because i remember um when you first told me about it and i i could see like the the mission the brand story or the brand mission really coming to life with like the actual product development and i think like my typical nine to five job with malomo i see that a lot and like our customers is like that's what is important to people Mm -hmm. now because we've had like a lack of it honestly and so if someone can like have an attachment to something that they're doing every day like a ritual and like putting your moisturizer on or taking your shower and that becomes something that is a positive reinforcer exactly. for their feelings or their emotions or their well-being. It is like a cyclical thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's habit formation. You're attaching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your moisturizer, showering, routine, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to those affirmations. Mm-hmm. And I love that like spin on it of putting the labels on with the Sharpie. Because I think that's something that's so cool that you're putting it back in the consumer's hands of being like, you know yourself best now like we're giving you the mechanism to reinforce those affirmations but like you decide what you exactly to do exactly that's really cool i'm glad you like it i'm excited <laughs> I'm glad you like it. <laughs> uh i think the body wash is gonna well guess it's coming about yeah and then they're gonna they're gonna see the moisturizer they're gonna see the quality of it and we're, mm-hmm. oh um so i'm excited about that yeah that's yeah. huge we'll have to link 
you guys on the I appreciate that. That'd be awesome. Episode description. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. The real estate side has been a struggle too. Coleman hasn't really been a struggle, but the real estate side has been a struggle with balancing the Airbnb mm-hmm. with like event slash co-working space. Yeah. And how to make that make sense in terms of the split. Um and getting people to buy into the idea of using a house mm-hmm. as a co-working or event space. Like yeah. that's that's almost like a new idea in India. Because there's actually a lot of event spaces in, in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, there I is. Um but they're very like stoic and like they're a little bit colder. They're like, colder. They're huge industrial buildings. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So getting companies to buy into like the the house has been harder than I expected. Mm-hmm. But I also can can frankly say I haven't put enough effort into it either. Mm. Like there's, there's a lot more stir- stones to unturn. Right. I mean, of the problems to have, like I guess then this is the optimist coming through. Yeah. Like having more certain stones to turn in the future rather than having turned all of them over. Oh, I'll be sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah i'm definitely like don't talk to me yeah i'll be sad about that yeah so i mean it's 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 looking good you know Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i've been been blessed to be able to work with the fellowship um shout out to Alyssa, uh gardens she's been fantastic to work with excited to work with steven yeah so excited to make a difference have or fellowship have some more intimate spaces to meet because the fellowship needs it Mm -hmm. because it's not to knock on any of the the co-working spaces that are like industrial based, but that just reminds people of work. Yeah, it's not. It's not the it's same. Not it's not. It's yeah. it, it's hard to get intimate in a in an actual co-working space. Yeah. So, because it remind it really does remind me of like study rooms at Butler or mm-hmm. IUPUI or yeah any of the schools around here or or Notre Dame. Yeah. So, I I do think that it could create a different. Uh, it could have fellows leading with a different feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where I think that's a unforeseen um, repercussion of COVID is like a lot of people are just like in every interaction and in every product you're buying, like in every person that you're talking to, we just crave that warmth these days because yeah. we got taken away from us. So I yeah, think there's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot to be said about having a co-working space that is a home. It's different. Yeah, because you're just comfortable. Have you felt comfortable at the, at the space when you guys mm-hmm. use it? Oh, yeah. Especially for our team, which is the DEI team. Mm-hmm. Like, a part of the battle, right, is just making people feel comfortable. And so, for us, I know it's been super helpful. Because, nice. um, like, we all just, like, it's, like, you know, it's, like, it's literally just sitting around in a house like, right. all together. Like, yeah. there's no... You know, it isn't if someone's like presenting or talking, they're not like in front of like 30 people, like in a U, like yeah. horseshoe shape with tables, right? Like, it's different. they're just, like people are on couches or like sitting on the ground, like they're just more comfortable, I think. And I think that lends itself better, at least for the first years who mm. are able, like, who are new to the fellowship and are able to open up a little bit. Um, hopefully, like, what we're saying also is reinforcing that comfortability factor, but I think the ambiance and the environment that you're doing so also plays a role it and does. i know that last year we had our meetings at liz gibbons's house yes and so like the same which i was really thankful for and so i'm happy that we have a house something else yeah, yeah that's it's, it's that, used for that yeah and it translates and, over mm-hmm. so it works really well um for our team except the, i'm glad you like it yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah but i love kind of hearing about 
the things that you're excited for the the struggles the successes like that's why I feel like sitting down and doing this podcast is always so fun um but I know we're rounding out on about an hour if we're not over oh yeah we're a little over um but this has been so fun and I really appreciate you of coming of course on. I appreciate you having me yeah you're, you're great you're really good you're like really good at this <laughs> thank you no seriously you. I have a couple in my back pocket yeah <laughs> so if you saw me at the first episode I'm not sure you'd be yeah. saying the same thing <laughs> that's the beauty of it though yeah you yeah know? you can kind of hear like the way I feel or I think at least like the way I've developed with these conversations and being like way more comfortable with myself mm-hmm, and with other mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. so i very much appreciate that i can compliment. feel it yeah that's and you up. crushed it too. That's what's up. i appreciate it yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah this has been fun we'll have to have you back on when the body wash is launched oh and get please your, um, i appreciate that perspective yeah, yeah okay yeah it'd be fun yeah thank you all for listening and dedicating some of your time to listening to these conversations and being an external part of that conversation. I hope you take away with each episode, maybe some new perspectives and some ways to reflect about how what we talk about pertains to your life and your own interests and goals.